You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. I'm Klaus Schwab, and you're in the Force Industrial Revolution. Right, 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 right. So we talked a little bit about Elon Musk's cybernetic collective. We got into Klaus Schwab's uh, 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and what he was talking about uh, in regards to the human cloud, otherwise known as gig work. And now I want to show you why we decided to do a segment uh, or an episode on this particular topic. Maria Albanese, broadcaster and co-host of Friday's Thomas Paine podcast with Mike Moore, sent me this tweet. That is my Twitter handle, at HackableAnimal, or you can find me at Dustin Gold Show and Hackable Animal as an ode to our dear prophet, Yuval Noah Harari, who called us all hackable humans. So, called us, sorry, hackable animals. Well, I like to say that I'm a human. He likes to call us animals. So she sent, uh, Maria sent this, this meme for you in the audio-only audience. It says, we know all of these things. And what it was was an article from I-24 News English it said, Israeli invention revolutionizes shopping with a smart cart able to securely scan and charge for groceries. As for the shoppers, they need fun. They just need to do their journey, finish it, and go to the car. Raphael Yam, CEO of Customy, tells uh, the news reporter Natasha something. Doesn't really matter. So anyway, Maria sent this to me and drew my attention to it. And you're going to see how we broke down this company. Part of this episode, I want to show you how to do some investigative research for yourself. But um, this is probably the last time I'm going to mention this on this show. So if anyone wants to know how I got into gig work, they can listen to episode four of the Dustin Gold Standard, segment three. This is it right here. So back during COVID, kicked off. On March 2020, I had a photography business in Nashville. A whole entire year's worth of shoots were canceled. I was also producing a show for a conservative broadcaster. Uh, we had been working together about nine, ten months. We went down to the border. We shot a mini documentary. We were doing some really good content. We were making some inroads on the solutions that we were trying to push forward on border issues. Uh, we had spent some time exposing President Trump, showing that he was not, in fact, building the wall that he claimed he was building. And so I had to pull the plug on that as well, because when COVID kicked off, it was kind of ridiculous to be talking about conservative politics and restoring America at a time when it looked like the worldwide Nazi forces had basically shut the entire world down and that these dystopian uh, technocratic oligarchs had a stranglehold on the entire planet. So I was like, I don't want to go into debt and I don't want to dip into savings. What am I going to do? So I had talked to a friend of mine who's a comedian who had been doing Uber for several years to, yeah, it was good, flexible income to make in between comedy gigs. And he was not able to work a regular nine to five or he wouldn't be available to travel for comedy. 
So he had said to me right at the beginning of COVID, sign up for Instacart. It's a grocery delivery app. It's the hottest thing going. So I signed up within a couple of days, like anything else I take on. I was running around Nashville, making decent money, able to pay the bills without going into debt. So it worked out great. During that time, uh, divorce came. And so I decided to stay in gig work. I ended up moving from Nashville to Maryland uh, early last year. COVID land was still happening here in Maryland. People had masks, businesses were shut down. It was crazy. And so, and, and my divorce was still going on. So I said, okay, I'm gonna stick with this gig work. I don't even know if I wanna stay in Maryland, but I've gotta ride this out until the divorce is done. Then I'll decide if I wanna start another business, if I wanna go get a job. And so I stayed in gig work. This happened to be a really hot market where I am. And I did very well uh, for six, seven months. And so I know the inner workings of gig work. I use the app daily. I see how they change the app, how they gamify the app. Everything is designed to use us as guinea pigs to basically train this app uh, and, and kind of gather metrics on us because I believe that these gig companies, and we'll prove this in a later show, part of what they're doing is they are developing this app, which is going to be the similar app that everyone is going to get that connects to the government, the, the connected to ESGs, connected to cryptocurrency that's basically going to challenge you every day to do things the government wants you to do in order for you to gain tokens and to win prizes and such. So that's part of what these companies are doing. The other part in which they're doing is they are taking over the grocery industry. And I will tell you, there is a store out of uh, Rochester, New York. There's only about 110 of them. It's called Wegmans. It's a family-owned uh, business, really good grocery store, has been around for quite a while. And they kind of have a, a Walmart model where they put up a store, a Costco model, where they have one store every you know hour radius. And now they're going through a transition where uh, Danny Wegman, who owns it, his two daughters and son are taking over the company. And so there's a lot of changes going on. For instance, all of a sudden in the store, they now have no racism signs that look like Black Lives Matter signs. They started making gay pride cookies that they sell out of the bakery. They are starting to treat the veteran employees, not military veteran, but veteran employees that have been there a long time, people who've worked part-time for this company for several years, like shit. They're taking away their hours, cutting them from say 32 if they were part-time. A lot of these people have full-time jobs and then they work 32 hours at the grocery store. They're cutting these people back from 32 to 10, people that were very loyal to the company. So I saw Wegmans kind of at, at its best last year go to total shit as the children started taking over the company. The other thing that was unique about Wegmans is that inside Wegmans, they had a partnership with Instacart. And Instacart is the largest grocery delivery gig company. They're huge. They actually, up until last month, had a valuation of $40 billion with a B, billion. They reduced that valuation down to about $30 billion, but I read a number of uh, financial articles on that, and it's not really that the company is crashing. This all has to do with how they raise investment capital, but that, that's besides the point. But what was unique about Wegmans and what I got to see the inside of is they had an actual partnership with Instacart. So Instacart, other than also having their gig app, which has you know a million shoppers around the country, 
They get these gigs on the app, they go in, they shop the order in these stores, and then you deliver it to the customer. You get paid a little bit from Instacart and you get tipped by the customer. Well, Instacart also sells software as a service. So they have software that runs, uh, many of you are probably familiar with curbside uh, pickup. That's where you place your order online, then you drive up to the curb or into the parking lot and the employees bring that out and put it in your car. Instacart actually uh, controls a lot of the stores through that software. They also have other software that is like an in-shopper in software where you as a shopper go in the store, you open your phone, you have a QR code, uh, then you walk around, you scan products, you put it in your cart, then you go up to the self-checkout, you scan the barcode, and it charges you the whole amount, like $200, instead of having to scan an item at a time, which you're doing while you're walking around, so it actually doesn't make any sense and why people buy into it because they think they're saving time at the register when they're not saving any time at all because they're still scanning the products while they're walking around but there's other technology that actually outdoes that technology but inside Wegmans they were partnered in SCART so they had a Wegmans uh, section in Wegmans called a staging area that's where they have a lot of coolers and shelves so Wegmans split they had store employees that actually work for the store that would go around in the store and shop orders that were then bagged up and brought out for curbside delivery. But then they also had a crew of Instacart employees. These people would get paid a flat $15 an hour who would walk around and shop orders, bag them up, and then what would happen is people like myself, the contractors, the self-employed, as Klaus Schwab calls them, would come and pick up those orders and then deliver it to a house. Or we would be what's called a full service shopper where we would come in, shop the whole order and deliver it to the house. Why they were doing it all this way was confusing and a lot of it has to do with their valuation and when they go public, when they IPO, uh, how much money they're spending, how much money they're saving and such. It's complicated, it doesn't really matter. But I got to talk a lot to the manager who worked for Instacart who was not really happy with the company. And over about a year and a couple of months, I learned so much information about Instacart and also so much information about grocery supply chains from all the store, uh, produce manager, meat manager, and such. But one of the things that was going on a few months ago is that Instacart had this their store manager walking around the store with her phone, scanning the entire store. It took her about a week. And I said uh, I would watch her scan part of the store and then have to restart her phone and scan again, scan again. And I said to her, hey, I know tech a little bit. Why are you having to rescan this produce area 10 times? And she said, well, when someone walks into the frame, it screws up the 3D scan. And I said, okay, well, why don't they have you come in at night uh, after the store closes or after 9 o'clock when the store really slows down? And she said, well, I'm dealing with Israeli engineers, and they don't work those hours. So I have to work on their schedule because they're the higher paid people, and they won't work on our schedule. So I went home, called Maria Albanese. We did some research into Israeli companies providing 3D scanning services for grocery stores and we found a lot of information. Uh, I'm not going to get into that today because we're going to focus on this custom and then more on Instacart. But other things I found out was that Instacart, and I've now been able to verify this because they're starting to publish information, is building warehouses around the country very similar to Amazon warehouses. 
If you're lucky enough, you have one of those monstrous, disgusting things in your area. Basically the size of an entire city in one warehouse. But they're building warehouses all around the country because they're going to cut out the retail grocery stores, have the uh, supply go right to the warehouse, then have shoppers, which will be then replaced, this is true, will then be replaced by robots that will shop all of the groceries inside the warehouse. That'll be bagged up, and then a driver, an independent contractor, will pick it up and drive it to the house. But the goal is to eventually replace them with autonomous vehicles and or autonomous drones. This is 100% true. You can actually look up articles and verify this yourself. So I heard it from the inside before this was published, and then it was published, so now I'm talking about it. So yeah, the goal is eventually everything will be in giant warehouses, all the food supply, which is one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I believe they're getting rid of, they're going to be getting rid of meat, uh, like you know, chicken and steak and such, and move to this lab-based Impossible Burger stuff. Because then when you order a steak or you order burgers, the robot can pick that. There's no more interaction between the customer and someone like me who took pride in what I did, even though it was grocery delivery, who would say, hey, I'm ordering ribeye steaks. I want them a little grainier. I want them a little fattier. I want them, you know, darker. Well, that's all going to be gone. And there's all a reason for that. And, um, and that's, you know, what we're facing. So Instacart is in the process of... Uh, taking all the food, moving it to warehouses. And eventually, the goal over the next few years is basically to downsize this retail brick-and-mortar market almost to the point where it's gone. You're seeing this actually happen with banks all across the country. You're seeing it happen with stores like AT&T, Verizon. And we'll talk a little bit about that in future episodes. The AT&T has actually been selling off all their stores to these independent owners, and then their goal is eventually they're going to close the stores and you're only going to be able to deal with AT&T online or talking to some Filipino on a phone. So you could say goodbye to the brick-and-mortar industry, as you could say goodbye to me because I'm going to take a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, we are back. We are back. I just wanted to mention something to you that I forgot in the beginning of the show. At the end of episode three, I told you guys how the entire technocracy is one giant paper tiger because their entire prison planet relies on the Internet, relies on electricity. So if the Internet, if the satellites transmitting down to the receivers on earth wherever gone that their entire prison planet their entire technocratic system would be over and i said i have all this equipment in my house in my studio and it does not work without electricity well yesterday i went to record this show and uh, we had a huge rain thunder lightning storm coming through and my wife was trying to work in her office and i was trying to work in my office and boom internet down 
get it back up and running, get the computers fired back up, internet down. So finally yesterday I said, uh, man, this would be great if a storm could knock out the technology of the technocracy, which it basically did because it took out my internet. So for a while I was not transmitting data into their cloud to help build their AI hive mind. So I did my part yesterday, thanks to mother nature and the storm. Now, what we are going to do right now is we are going to watch a couple of videos. I want to show you what this company Customate does and what this frictionless shopping looks like so that we can discuss this company and then I'm going to show you uh, and explain to you how I dissect these companies and, and hopefully it will help you be able to do this with companies you're about to do business with or companies you don't understand. And then you'll eventually be able to send me your research on pain.tv and we can share information. And if you did a really good deep dive, I'll bring you on as a guest uh, on the show or you can pass me information and I'll try to look at it and put it into, uh, put it into an episode. So first I'm going to show you uh, just this goofy guy explaining the Customate technology so that you have a full understanding of it. I'm here today at one of the largest supermarket chains in Israel, Yohananov. We're here today to see the launch of the revolutionary smart cart that has been working in the real world for over 12 months now and is about to take the supermarket retail sector by storm. It's worth noting that Yohananov are introducing hundreds of smart carts for daily use in all their stores nationwide. And we're here today to examine whether it really works. And if it does, what do we gain from it? So let's get going. So as you can see, this is an absolutely ordinary cart, but it has very extraordinary features. Let's start from the top. Now, I'm gonna pause this for a second for the audio only audience. Um, what this guy has is a shopping cart and up in the area where you normally sit a child there's a tablet like a flat screen and it's got a QR UPC gun scanner gun and then a scale and so as you're gonna see like I told you you're not really saving any time as the customer because you're scanning and weighing everything while you're walking around which you would do when you go to self-checkout or you have to wait in line so you're not saving any time but Amazon has a similar product in their Amazon Fresh stores, and I'm not sure if they rolled it out yet in Whole Foods, which they own, but I believe it's there. But there's another technology which Maria and I researched when we were talking, uh, when I talked to the Instacart manager that I mentioned in the last segment, who told me uh, all about the scanning technology she was using to scan the store, and I was trying to figure out why. That's a system where they actually install 3D cameras all over the store, and then it's processed into a CGI. So you're basically walking around in a real life metaverse and every product that you pick up is assigned to you. When you put it down or take it out of the cart or put it back on a shelf, it's, it's not. So like theft go, will be gone because anything you touch and walk out with, it automatically charges your card. So basically the way it works is you would walk into the store with a phone, your QR code would be assigned to your account. It basically reads your QR code and then you walk around the store, whatever you put in your arms and then your bag, you walk out with, you're just automatically getting charged. Let's go back to this goofball. So we have a touch screen connected to a special scanner that acts as our mobile cash register. The card is equipped with special cameras that identify the product and scan the barcodes of the various products. 
One of the most important and unique features of this part is the scale. The scale is highly sensitive and allows you to add any item from the supermarket into your cart, from fruits and vegetables, to drinks, or special items from the deli directly into your cart. There you go. The scale not only weighs the product, but also makes sure that the scanned and inserted item is at the appropriate weight. That means that if you accidentally put your child in the cart or your bag, the scale will identify it. And you'll receive an alert on the screen to remove them. Yeah, if you accidentally put your child in the cart, uh, but no. So, so he's showing you this technology, showing you how it works, and you're putting everything in the cart. Now, you have to say to yourself, each of the systems installed on that cart, I mean, that's a big iPad. There's a computer processor in there. There's cameras. There's a scanner gun. There's a scale. I mean, I don't think they've got to be charging two, three, four, maybe $5,000 for these to the store. So you'd have to say to yourself, why would a store like Wegmans go and buy, say, a hundred of these carts and spend, if they're a thousand dollars each, that's a hundred thousand. If they're five thousand each, that's a half a million dollars. Well, the only way they're going to do that is they're making it up on one loss prevention, so not as many things get stolen, and two, they're going to be able to get rid of all the employees. There will be no more employees working at the front register, of which we was knew was coming for a long time, and of which Klaus Schwab discusses in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And so you, you have to say, okay, well, this is it. They're phasing out humans, but we know that's coming. Now we're just proving it. I'd like to introduce you to Shirley, a customer who's already used the smart cart, and we'd love to hear what Shirley thinks. Hi, Shirley. Shalom. Hi, Shalom. Tell me a bit about your experience with the smart cart. I just love the smart cart. Really just made my life so much easier. For a busy mother like me, uh, going to do the family shopping is so time-consuming, and there's never enough hours in the day. So. The smart cart, before the smart cart, coming here would take a few hours. You're packing, unpacking, um, standing. Now, this is uh, explaining the smart cart. This goofy guy's sort of doing this review video on it. And obviously, it took me about one minute to realize that woman was an actress. But you can continue listening to her because I want you to understand the level of, as we talked about in episodes one through three, adoption, the beginning of getting you to accept and eventually adopt the technology and use it in your life. You may hate it in the beginning, but eventually you're gonna use it. And they know that. Being in line, packing again. So it's all such a waste of time. With the smart card, I'm in and out in a flash. I can have all my deli and meat pre-ordered in advance. And when finished, just walk out the door. It's just amazing. That's great, Shirley. I'm really glad you're making your life a little bit easier for yourself. Is there anything else you find helpful when using the smart cart? It just makes my whole shopping experience do more pleasant. I, did you hear her? Uh, did you hear like what he said to her? Oh, I'm so glad you're making your life so much easier. Oh, what? That I'm going around having to weigh and scan uh, uh, all of the products in which I would normally bring up to the front end and an employee would do that for me. By the way, in the Wegmans version of this, 
you have an app on your phone. There's no device attached to the cart. And you walk around the store and you scan the items with your phone. It's the same way the Instacart app works. And while you're doing it, you're bagging up your groceries. And then when you get to the register, you scan the QR code. It charges you for the entire order. But see, you did all the bagging as well. One. Actually, another cool feature of the cart is that it's, it's offering me real-time pricing and discounts as I go along. So, right. <laughs> you know, every shekel counts. And who doesn't love discounts? Thank you, Shirley. Yeah, so to the uh, audio-only audience, what they're doing is they were showing kind of a schematic of the store with little discounts popping up all over the place so that this device attached to the cart can show you where all the sales are. Well, it definitely seems like this cart is a game changer at the supermarket. The cart frees up a lot of valuable space for the supermarket and allows the supermarket owner to add a wider array of products. Can I just add something? Sure. Uh, you know, this cart, walks 24 hours a day. So you can imagine my husband can come back from work and even though all the cashiers went to sleep and then there is only one supervisor, he can come here, pick up some stuff on his way back home, in, even in the small hours of the morning. That's amazing. Yeah, so what they're saying, yeah, when all the cashiers go to sleep, my husband could come back here and uh, go shopping because my husband is an idiot and he doesn't know how to shop without this new piece of technology. Because, you know, everyone before this technology came out was a retard for the last 14 million years. Oh, just a bunch of retards. And they can't do anything without this without this uh, cart. And so that's, that's basically how they're trying to make you feel. That's all part of the adoption campaign. Shirley, thank you. Thank you. Again. So, that's the smart cart developed by A to Z. It should be noted that it's in the process of registering as an international patent. And there's no doubt that within a couple of years, this will be the most smart, efficient, and pleasant way to shop at your local supermarket. Back to you at the studio, Eitan. I need to do some grocery shopping. Okay, okay. So you got to see this little piece of propaganda for this Customate. And um, for the audio-only audience, that's C-U-S-T, number two, numerical two, M-A-T-E, Customate. So you can look that up if you want to. But you got to see the video. They're really pushing this. It's the beginning of the adoption. They say, oh, even in the middle of the night, you can go out. You know, you can go out in the middle of the night and you can go shopping when the cashiers are asleep. What cashiers? There will be no cashiers. That's the whole point of this. One, this is what we call the Great Reset and leading into the Fourth Industrial Revolution and leading into the Fourth Industrial Era. So first they have to reset the entire systems. That's why you're seeing gas lines blowing up. That's why you're seeing cows dying everywhere. These people are resetting the system to usher in their solution, which is technology. Remember, create the problem, provoke the reaction, and then offer the solution. So that is custom-made. When we come back, we're going to look at another short video, and then I am going to show you who is behind Customate 
and their parent company, A to Z. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold.